Hey, it's great to be in church on Wednesday night. We're so glad you're here. It is just great to sing and worship God. What a great opportunity that we have. And what a privilege that we can actually be in the presence of the creator of the universe just because he asked us, he said, he, he said, actually he declared that he inhabits the praises of his people. So when we praise him, when we worship him, he literally inhabits the praises of his people, that his presence is here, and his presence is here right now. And he also watches over his word to perform it. So it says in Jeremiah that whenever his word is preached, that he's watching over it. It's like he's going, hmm, they're saying my word. What's going on down there? He's like watching over it. Like, like it's almost like when you are in a room and you hear your name. Anybody ever done that? You're in a crowd, like you're in a room, and all of a sudden you hear your name and you go, what? Right? It suddenly gets your attention because you heard your name and you're thinking, does somebody need to talk to me? Is somebody talking about me? Or, you know, depends on what your personality is, what you think. Um, but the, the reality is, that's how God is. When, when he hears his name, when he hears his word, it, it draws his attention. And he, his attention is upon his word. It says he watches over his word to perform it. You know, today, I'm going to talk to you about who you are in this world to God. Who are you? In this world, who are you? Like, in God's eyes, how does he view you in this world? Like, what, what is your place in this world? I know Michael W. Smith sang a song a long time ago, I'm going to find my place in this world, you know? But what, in your place in this world, what does God view you as in your place in this world? I would, I would like to answer that question right away for you, and that is that you are his ambassador. You are God's ambassador to the people around you. You are God's representative. You are heaven's representative to earth. That's who you are. That's a pretty big job. I did just a little bit of uh, just digging and just came up with some, some, some definitions of what exactly is an ambassador. What's an ambassador and what does it mean to be an ambassador? And just some simple, simple definitions, and I have to take these off to read. An accredited diplomat sent by a country as an official representative to a foreign land. Now, that's pretty good. An accredited diplomat. So you can all kind of look at yourself and say, I'm an accredited diplomat. I'm an official representative of heaven sent to a foreign land called earth. Because the Bible says in Philippians 3 that we are citizens of heaven, right? You all remember that. We may be citizens of the United States of America or some other country, but Ultimately, our citizenship is in heaven. This is not our home. Last time I checked, this is not our home. We are strangers. We're passing through. As the scripture calls it, we're sojourners. We're on the road, but we are not. This is not our final home. Even when you place someone in the ground, 
I buried both of my parents. Both my parents are, are resting, their bodies in different states of decay, are resting in Borculo Cemetery in Borculo, Michigan, just 15 miles west of here. But that's not, that's not where, they, that where they really are. They're in heaven. But their bodies we laid to rest there. And when that trumpet sounds, and at the last trump, it says in 1 Thessalonians 4, that dead in Christ will rise first. And then we who are alive and remain will be caught up with them in the air and will forever be with the Lord. Now that alone ought to make us really happy. That should keep you smiling all day and all night. Because the bottom line is, no matter what happens in this world, no matter what happens in this life, literally no matter what, everything can go to the proverbial Hades in a handbasket, and we're still going to heaven when it's all done. We're all going to be with, reunited with our loved ones if our loved ones knew Jesus. We're going to see Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. We're going to see the mother Mary. We're going to see, all, we're going to meet all the cool people from the Old Testament, all the cool people from the New Testament, and we're going to ultimately meet Jesus himself, the King of kings and Lord of lords. And I'm telling you, understanding that this is not our home helps us not get too bound up with all the craziness that's going on in our world. Doesn't mean you just say, ah, who cares? But in some way, you need to just kind of say, ah, who cares? You can pray for our leaders, pray for our country, but ultimately, we've got to really just say, it's in God's hands. Because you can't change it, and you can't, you can't take things into your own hands, and you can't go do, doing something stupid. That doesn't help. It's only going to get you in trouble. You've got to just turn it. It says, roll all your cares over on him, 1 Peter 5, 7. Roll all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. See, so as we look at this, we are God's representatives on this earth. Now, so what does it mean to be an ambassador of heaven? You're an ambassador from a foreign land called heaven to this earth. So you're an ambassador. What does an ambassador do? It says, one definition here, it says, it's an official envoy. That sounds pretty important. High-ranking diplomat who represents state and usually accredited to another sovereign state or to an international organization. An ambassador is a ranking government representative stationed in a foreign country. That's us again. The host country typically allows the ambassador control over a specific territory called an embassy. Well, we haven't quite got that. Well, we kind of do. The church is kind of like an embassy. <laughs> I just thought of that just now. <laughs> Separation of church and state. The church is like an embassy from a foreign land. There you go. An ambassador is the president's highest-ranking representative to a specific nation or international organization. The key role of an ambassador, here's, here's your job, the key role of an ambassador is to coordinate the activities intended by the foreign land in the foreign, of the host country to the foreign land. You coordinate all the activities 
So us, our job is to coordinate heaven's activities on the earth. Sound familiar? Sound good? That's us. In the strictest sense, ambassadors represent the leader of the foreign or of the host nation. So we represent Jehovah, Father God, the Holy Spirit, and the Son, Jesus. That's who we represent in this land. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says that we are ambassadors for Christ. And as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. See, the amb- we're ambassadors. Now, if, you view, if, you, if you'll just accept that fact that you're an ambassador, because the Apostle Paul says that you're an ambassador. It says we are the ambassadors. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says that we are ambassadors. Hebrews 13 says that here we do, not have a, we do not have a lasting city, but we are seeking a city which is to come. So that's that we are sojourners thing. So what is an ambassador? An ambassador doesn't represent him or herself, but the land that sent them. So on this earth, as an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ, the head of the church, as the ambassador for him, our job is to not represent our own interests, but to represent the interests of the one who sent us. That sounds familiar, right? An ambassador doesn't set their own priorities or agenda, but the kingdom that they represent sets their priorities and their agenda. Not my will, but thy will be done, O Lord. Right? That's as an ambassador. An ambassador doesn't worry about their personal safety. The kingdom they represent protects them. For I have given my angels charge over you, lest you dash your foot upon a stone. Right? Right? Anybody here? That's good news. An ambassador doesn't provide for his own expenses, but the kingdom and the king they represent provides for all expenses. But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, Philippians 4.19. Right? An ambassador is not subject to the laws of the land where they are assigned, but they have diplomatic immunity. Now, we have to be peaceable. I, I'm just, I said this in here not to incite a, a rebellion. That's not where I'm coming from. What I'm saying is, just because they pass laws that do this or do that, we have favor from our king, and we can function with his laws, and even like the laws of increase and the laws of prosperity in God's kingdom are different than the laws on this earth. For instance, God says, if you give, it'll be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, men will give unto your bosom. And the, the Bible says that if we give and if we sow, we're going to reap 30, 60, or 100 fold. Now, not even the hedge fund managers were making that much money, 30, 60, or 100 fold, because that's 10,000%. Thank you very much. An ambassador is not affected by the economic conditions of his country where he's assigned but he is provided for and protected by his country from which he was sent so we are ambassadors from heaven 
to this earth. So when the economy looks like it's or the anything's going sideways, whatever's going on, what we need to realize is as an ambassador, we have the right, we have the really responsibility to call upon God and to stand on his word and trust him that no matter what's happening around us, that we can be fine no matter what because we're not subject to the economic conditions of our host country. I know this might turn sideways for somebody, but the bottom line is you are an ambassador. You're God's representative to this earth. You're the light of the world, a city set on a hill. Matthew 5, 16, let your light so shine that men may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. See, when, God, when we do good works and when we are functioning as God instructs us to function, it brings glory to God. See, if we do it with a right heart, with a right attitude, it brings glory to God. If it brings glory to you, then you missed it. You got your reward. But if you do it right, it brings glory to God. And as an ambassador, that's our job is to represent the one who sent us. No, no matter what we think, no matter what we feel, no matter what our opinion is, we are bound to represent the one whom we are called to represent. So when we go anywhere, we need to represent Jesus and realize that we're an ambassador. I was in the, I was in the, the mall picking up something for my wife this afternoon late, and I had to pick up her, her ring at the jeweler, and so I went into the jeweler, I had to have it cleaned and serviced, so I went in there and picked it up today, and I was talking to the guy, and I walked in, I, I you know, wearing my mask, and because it was in the mall, and I'm in the store, and I'm wearing a mask, and I'm like, and we're talking back and forth, and he said something about the mask and all that, and I go, I said, ah, I said, you know, just, just wear it, I said, it's not worth the fight, I said, you know, that's all good, and he goes, man, thank you, he says, my employees and me, he says, I got people cussing us out because of masks, and I went, oh, Jesus, that's not good representation of the kingdom as ambassadors, if we're cussing out people because of masks. Amen. You know, just, just wear the stupid thing, you know. Um, because you know what? It's not right to, because to, that guy, I don't know if he's a believer, probably, maybe, hopefully, I don't know. There's no way to tell at this point because I didn't talk to him long enough. But he was real quick to tell me the hassle that he gets from people because of those things, and he thanked me very uh, very liberally for just for showing up and not giving them a rough time. And I'm going, wow, as a representative, it's hit me this afternoon. I said, as a representative of heaven, I think we've got to have some, some sense of how we're representing the kingdom to those around us in, in, in the way that we act. You know, just, just be, be real and just... just Focus on the important things, not the ancillary or the, the, the side things. Okay, focus on the important things. And realize that every time we go somewhere, every time we do anything, we're representing heaven. You are representing Jesus no matter where you go, no matter what you do. I am representing Jesus. I wish I had known this better when I was about 30 
because I didn't represent Jesus sometimes as well as what I'd like to. Looking back, I'm like, ooh, I shouldn't have done that. Um, you know, just, just different things. And it's like, uh, nothing was terribly, you know, like awful. Just things like, hmm, I shouldn't have done that. That didn't represent the kingdom right. But see, I want to share with you tonight that you are God's ambassador to this city. You are, you are the representative of the Lord Jesus Christ in this city, in your neighborhood, in your apartment complex, wherever you work, you represent Jesus everywhere you go. You are his ambassador. Now, that has a lot of benefits to it. Like I already said, he said, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory, but it also has responsibilities hooked up to it. That he says, hey, don't bring, don't bring shame to my name or don't bring, um, don't bring negative things to my name because of your personality or because of your personal opinions. See, the, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. I'm just going to meddle for a minute, just warning, duly warned, you are warned. I am now officially meddling, okay? Romans 1.16 says, but the gospel is, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel is the power of God. The, the message of the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And without preaching the gospel, people don't get saved. People don't come to salvation. People don't get, receive forgiveness. They don't understand that God has made a way for them to, to go to heaven. They don't have to go to hell. I, I always use this, this kind of thought process when I'm talking about hell and heaven and the road paved to hell is like an eight-lane downtown Chicago freeway. Y'all got that in your head now? Eight lanes wide, downtown Chicago, that's the road to hell. Eight lanes wide. I, one time when I was like 20, my car stopped in the fourth lane. And I'm like, oh, this is bad. We were in to stop and go traffic and it stalled and it wouldn't start. Stupid Buick Skylark. But anyway, um, it was old. But bottom line is, I understand that road real well because I had a traumatic experience on that road. And when I, when I think about, it says broad is the way that leads to destruction, I think of that eight-lane stretch of road in Chicago that is like packed with people every single day. And it's like bumper to bumper and horns and cabs. And then there's a semi once in a while. It's awful. That's why I live in West Michigan, um, not Chicago. But anyway, that eight-lane road is like the road to hell. And then there's this little exit that says Ohio Street. Anybody ever remember that? There's an Ohio Street right in downtown Chicago. My niece used to live off Ohio Street, so that's why I know. But Ohio Street comes off. It's this little exit. It's actually, if you weren't right there, you'd never see it. That's the road to heaven. It says broad is the way that leads to hell. But narrow is the way that leads to salvation. It's narrow. And you have to be intentional. You, you don't accidentally go to heaven. Okay? Nobody accidentally goes to heaven. Okay? If it's accidental, you're not going to heaven. You, you intentionally get off the highway to hell. 
okay? And I'm not referring to a song. I'm referring to this, this example I'm using. So as you look at that, and then there's this little gate that comes off, but the power of God is, is in the gospel. And the gospel says that you don't have to stay on that road that you're on. Here's an exit. You can get off. And in this, this is life everlasting. It's forgiveness of sins. Wouldn't you like to have all your sins just forgiven and blotted out once and for all? Wouldn't you love that? It's available right here at this little exit off this huge highway called life. It's over here. It's called salvation. And the gospel says that Jesus made a way where there wasn't a way, and he created an off-ramp, which is going to heaven. And that's the, that's the power, of, that's the beautiful nature of the power of God of salvation is that it's the gospel. You don't have to go to hell. Nobody has to go to hell. Hell is a place where people go who have rejected the, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus died for all sinners. It's not just all of us are sinners. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The only people that go to hell are those that don't that have not chosen to accept or chosen to get off the highway and get on to the off-ramp of salvation. So the, the, the power, the gospel is the power of God. It will literally transform someone's life. I'm looking here at Skip. His life was transformed by the gospel. Absolutely. My wife worked with... with Carol, I'm looking at her, I'm like, I've known her for 30 years, I can't remember her name. Carol, 30 years ago, and when we come, look, lo and behold, I don't know how many years ago, there's Carol and Skip at church. And the gospel transformed his life. If you ever want to hear a great story, ask him about his testimony. He's got a great testimony of the grace of God and the transforming power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The simple gospel. See, it's not complicated. It's simple. It's the simple truth that we have all sinned and broken God's law. And the only way out is to receive the sacrifice of the innocent for the guilty. And that's Jesus, who never sinned, dying for the guilty, me who sinned a lot, and you, and the whole world. And that's the, the innocent died for the guilty. And that is the plan of salvation for all of us. And all it takes is making him Lord and asking him to forgive you. It's literally very simple. It's not hard at all. But we're ambassadors and we're called to preach the gospel because that's the power of God unto salvation. So as an ambassador, your message is simple. You don't have to go to hell. Your message is simple. God loves you. We love you. Your message is really simple as an ambassador. It's just, man, you don't need to keep living the way you're living. There's a way out. Let me help you. That's, that's the gospel. And as, the, as an ambassador, you can, you can be that link between heaven and hell. And in between there with the earth, you can be that link to pull people out off that road and onto that, that off-ramp that goes to heaven. You can be part of that. And it's just by sharing the gospel with people. But what if they reject me? Who cares? 
If you care, and if, you, 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 if, you, if, if the fear of rejection stops you from sharing the gospel, I would say this. Get in your prayer closet and get some courage. Focus and remember what Jesus did for you and ask him to give you strength and ask him to give you power and, and go with somebody else if you have to to see how awesome it is when you share the gospel with somebody. Sharing the gospel yeah, some people will tell you to go jump in a lake. Some people might even swear at you. Yeah, they might. But most people will listen. And if you're afraid of being rejected, I guess then you're afraid of being rejected. But I would say go to the Lord and say, God, I'm afraid of being rejected. And, he, and here's what I think he'll say. I was rejected for you. I was despised. I was rejected by man for you. I bore your rejection. And if you're rejected for my sake, great is your reward, is what he says. Amen. The other day, we were, we were talking in the office, and, and uh, we were talking about how in Norway and in some other countries, just preaching the gospel gets pastors thrown in jail in some other countries. Like in Norway and specifically, they're real sticklers about it. And in a couple other countries, and... Uh, Al and I were in pastor's office, and, and I said, yeah, you know, you go preaching the gospel, they might throw you in jail. And pastor went like this, whoa, going to jail for Jesus. That's literally what he said. And, and not because you've done something wrong, there's no honor in that. But if they want to put you in jail for preaching the gospel, he was like, yes. And I was like, ooh, I feel strong now. Because if he ain't afraid, I ain't afraid. And I'm telling you, I ain't afraid. So you don't have to be afraid. We have an awesome pastor who is not afraid. He just said, now that'd be awesome. I, I think that'd be great if they'd throw me in jail for preaching the gospel. I'm like, don't invite it, sir. Please. <laughs> I know what he's saying, though. It's the same response my son said when they were going to expel him from school for preaching the gospel. He said, persecuted for Jesus' sake. And he was like, I'm like, shut up, boy. You're getting expelled. We got to handle this. And as usual, he was right. I was wrong. And God handled it. And he didn't get expelled. But bottom line is, that's the truth. They both had it right and I had it wrong. And that was, if you get rejected for the gospel's sake, throw up your hands and shout. Because you've been counted worthy of being persecuted for Jesus and the gospel. There's nothing wrong with that. See, you don't have to be afraid of being rejected. As an ambassador, as an ambassador, as I look at this and get back to my notes off from my meddling, Cornelius sent people to find the apostle or the apostle Peter. See, Cornelius was a man that was a very high-ranking official in the Roman army. He was a centurion from the Italian regiment, it says. And he was a devout man. He gave money to the temple, and he prayed to God, and God had heard his prayers. In fact, an angel came to Cornelius, and he said, your prayers and your giving has come up as a memorial before the Lord, and he has sent me to tell you a message. Go to 
Joppa and find a man named Peter staying with Simon by the sea and ask him and get him and he will tell you the way to salvation. Now, I would, I would say this. You know, as you, look, as you hear what I just said, that's in Acts chapter 10. So God sent an angel to Cornelius. But the angel did not preach the gospel. Right? Are you with me? Y'all just remember what I just said. He didn't preach the gospel. All he did was, hey, you need to go to Joppa. There's a guy there named Peter. He's staying with a guy named Simon by the sea. And uh, go to his house and he'll, he'll tell you the words you need to hear. I would say this. My, my question is, why didn't God just have the angel do it? I mean, he was there. And you know, it was, I, I learned it was two days horseback from where they were to Joppa. So two days, one way's ride to get to Joppa, and then two days back to Cornelius' house. So I'm like, okay, you got five days for how many ever people? Why in the world wouldn't God just have the angel preach the gospel to Cornelius? And then it hit me. Angels can't sing the song of the redeemed. Only you and I can. Angels aren't his ambassadors on the earth. Angels are his messengers sent to those who inherit salvation, it says in Hebrews, but they aren't, they can't sing the song of the redeemed. Only humans can sing the song of the redeemed. And only humans can really preach the gospel from a personal standpoint. Angels don't preach the gospel. He people do. So if, if, he, if God thought enough of Peter to give Peter a dream to prepare him for this whole thing and gave Cornelius a dream, sent him an angel, made him go two days, stay overnight, two days back, and when he got back, when he got back to the, to the place of Cornelius, Cornelius had all his friends, all his family, and the house was packed full of Peter full of people, full of people, it was packed full of Peter, packed full of people, and Peter came in there, and Peter says, he preaches the gospel to these people, and, they, and while he's preaching, I'm going to read this to you, because you won't believe it otherwise, here's what it says, let's go to verse, verse 19, it says, while Peter thought about the vision, behold, three men are seeking you. Arise, go, and go down with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. That's what the, the Lord said to, to Peter. So Peter went, with the men, went down with the men whom had, whom had been sent from Cornelius, and he said, yes, I am he whom you seek. Cornelius the centurion, the just man who fears God and all that, um, he has a good reputation, and he, they've sent us here. A holy angel came to us and sent us to your house to hear words from you. And then he invited them in and lodged them. On the next day, that's where I get the five days, the next day they went, and then they went from Joppa and accompanied him. 
The following day they entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them. He had called together his relatives, close friends, and as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down on his feet and worshipped him. But Peter lifted him up and saying, I'm just a man. And as he talked with him, he found many who had come together. And he said to them, you know how unlawful it is for a Jew to keep company with one from another nation. So Peter was not even allowed to fellowship or talk with these people. And that's why God had to send him a dream that showed the clean and unclean and God had to show him that no man is unclean. But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Therefore, I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. So Cornelius said, four days ago I was fasting. And, and as I prayed, a bold man stood before me in bright clothing. And Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your alms are remembered in the sight of God. Therefore, send, go to Joppa and call Simon, whose surname is Peter. So we're going to skip down, and it says, Now therefore we are all present before God to hear all the things commanded you by God. So Peter opened his mouth. In truth I perceive that God has no partiality, but in every nation whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. Now that's a good word right there. God shows no partiality in every nation whoever fears him. And works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. The, that word you know, which was proclaimed throughout Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. We are witnesses of all these things he did. He's preaching the gospel. And we are witnesses of all these things he did in, Jew, of, in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. Him God raised on the third day and showed, verse 41, and showed him openly, not to all the people, but to the witnesses chosen before by God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and testify who he was ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets bear witness that through his name, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. While Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell on those who heard and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also, for they heard them speaking in tongues and magnifying God. Then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water? For those who had not been baptized had received the Holy Spirit just as, they, as we have. And he commanded that they be baptized in the name of the Lord. And then they stayed for a few days. Wow, what a story. While they're preaching the gospel, these people get saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, and start speaking in tongues. I'd say that's success. Yeah? I'd say that's probably success. So while he's preaching, it's the power of God. When people listen and, and heed the, the, the gospel, they get saved. You know, that's still going on today. So Peter was God's ambassador. Newsflash, you are God's ambassador. That's, he has no other plan. 
You know, we have a, a missionary in another country, and we can't really talk a whole lot about names or anything because he's in a kind of a hostile place. But he's preaching to people who are very persecuted, and a lot of wars are going on. And this just happened last year. He was, he had a, a man that was in a, I guess, a Coptic church. And if you don't know what a Coptic is, it's, it's like Egyptian old school Christian church. Okay, they call them Coptic Christians. And they're, they're usually based in Egypt, but they're throughout the Middle East. He was in this Coptic church, and the man was in the back just kind of observing and he said he had a man stand behind him, and when he got up to leave, the man looked at him, and he looked at the man, he was just standing there, and he goes, he sent him to our missionary. This man, who he'd never met before, sent him by name and by city to another country to go visit the missionary that we support. He gave him his name and his city that he was living in, and then... The guy said, oh, he said, you need to go see him because he'll tell you what you're, he'll answer all your questions and you can find what you're looking for if you go see him. He gave his name and where he lived. It was actually in another country. So he goes and the guy turns around, the guy's gone. He's like, where'd he go? Nobody there. So he goes and he, he takes the time and he goes to this other country and he sees our friend and he, leads his, and he leads this man to the Lord because he was sent there by an angel, literally by an angel. The guy just, he said, he, didn't, he, he told the, the name that the guy said, the, the angel told him a name, and our friend was like, I don't know anybody by that name. How in the world would they know where I am? Nobody knows where I am. But what I'm saying is the very thing that happened right here in Acts chapter 10 just happened last year in the Middle East. See, God is the same. He views, and when you're doing his will in the earth, he will send people to you. He will actually send people to you. Now, maybe not that dramatic, but you know, people get sent to us all the time. So I would say from your standpoint, where you're sitting, where I'm sitting, I would say you we all need to embrace our responsibility as ambassadors from heaven and realize that God is sending people to you for, so you can preach the gospel to them because they need to be saved. People are going to hell every day in West Michigan. And we need to preach the gospel to every person that we can because the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And you are an ambassador. You have what it takes. You can do it. You say, well, I don't know what to say. God, literally, it says in Matthew chapter 10, it says, when you don't know what to say, the Holy Spirit will give you words to say. He'll literally put the words in your mouth. And you'll get done and you'll go, wow, that was really good. What did I say? Because the Holy Spirit will literally put words in your mouth and he will give you things to say in that hour. And I just encourage you, take a step. Don't wait. Don't just sit back and say, oh, somebody else will tell them. No, you're an ambassador from heaven. You have a responsibility. You have privileges, but you have responsibilities to represent the kingdom. And we are to catch as many men 
as we can, men, men and women, you know what I mean? When it says you're a fisher of men, I'm not trying to offend the ladies. I'm just saying, fisher of people. Amen. We are called to reach as many people as we can with the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, that there is forgiveness, there is hope. You haven't done anything too bad to keep you out, and you can't do anything good enough to get you in. There's only one way in through Jesus Christ and through his blood, through his sacrifice. That's the only way in, and that's the only exit off this highway is Jesus Christ. And be encouraged today that those that he sends as ambassadors, he takes care of, he protects them, he provides for them. He will, will move heaven and earth to make sure that you are okay. And you're not subject to the economic conditions of the world around you because you're an ambassador. That he will take care of you. And knowing that as we do his work, he will take care of you. He will. And I just encourage you to accept that. And let's just, I just want to close this off because I got to be done. I want to close it off with just, let's just pray together. And I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer. And if you've never made Jesus Lord of your life or you're far from him right now, I encourage you to call on his name. It's so simple. Call on his name right now. As we sit here, call on his name. Those that call on the name of the Lord will be saved. When we make him Lord of our life, we'll be saved. If you, if you want to talk afterwards and you want someone to pray with you, we'll be down here right after service. We'd love to pray with you and answer any questions you might have. But in the meantime, I want to just have all of us just cap this service off with this confession together. And if you would, just stand up with me. Just, just stand up. And let's just pray this simple confession, this, this declaration. Say, Father God, everybody together, Father God, I am your ambassador to my world. I thank you that you have chosen me, that Jesus is Lord of my life, that you will provide for me, that you'll direct me, set my priorities, and provide for all my needs. Thank you that as your ambassador, as your representative, give me strength to represent you well. I thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit that you lead me into all truth and direct my steps. In Jesus' name, amen.